Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Democratic Congress members Katie Porter and Adam Schiff continue to lead polling in California's race for the U.S. Senate. KQED politics correspondent Guy Marzarotti has more on a new survey from the Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies. In the Berkeley poll, Porter leads Schiff by a percentage point. In August, Schiff led by three points. Mark DiCamillo, the Institute's pollster, says the real headline is that three months before voting starts, roughly a third of likely voters are undecided. So it's still in flux. And again, I don't think voters have yet fully turned their attention to the race yet. Sitting behind Porter and Schiff is the leading Republican in the field, Steve Garvey. The former baseball star has tried to present a moderate image on issues like abortion since launching his campaign last month. The March primary is open to voters of all parties, so Garvey could be trying to draw support from independents. But Derry Schrago, a longtime political strategist, says Garvey's path to the general election still relies on winning the Republican base. The number of voters who are going to show up and vote for a Republican no matter what, he needs to capture most of those voters. In the IGS poll, Garvey led all candidates among likely voters who identified as strongly or somewhat conservative. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Since the 1990s, CEO earnings have skyrocketed. A report from the Economic Policy Institute says in 2021, C-suite executives made nearly 400 times more than the average worker. Bay Area Congresswoman Barbara Lee has introduced a bill to close that pay gap. KQED's labor correspondent Farida Chapala Romero reports. The Curtailing Executive Overcompensation, or CEO, Act would tax large companies whose top executives earn more than 50 times the median pay for their workers. Maureen Kennedy of Marin County is with the nonpartisan Patriotic Millionaires, which endorses the bill. You know, it's not the American way for us to have CEO compensation that's so out of whack with what the rest of the workers in those firms are making. That's not the way we used to operate. Kennedy says she hopes the bill will spur conversation, especially during the next presidential race. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. 
California owes nearly $20 billion to the federal government for money it borrowed to pay unemployment benefits during the pandemic. CalMatters economy reporter Levi Sumagaisai says this lingering debt could put the state in a precarious position. It's not normal for state unemployment funds to carry this much debt. In fact, economists and others have long criticized California for how it funds its unemployment benefits. They say their approach leaves the state's unemployment account perpetually underfunded, and the pandemic exacerbated the issue. Now, state legislative analysts worry that unemployment claims could surge again if their bleak economic forecasts come true. A new wave of claims could further drain the coffers and force the state to rack up even more debt on top of the $20 billion it already owes. That was Cal Matters reporter Levi Sumagaisai. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Reports Weekly Magazine. In recent years, Indigenous land back has been gaining momentum across the country. But the well-intentioned movement to make reparations for the past can come with a lot of strings attached. To understand the complicated reality of land back today, TCR's Izzy Bloom takes us to an island near Eureka in Humboldt County, where land back succeeded far ahead of its time. For the Wiat tribe, Tulawat Island is their church. And Michelle Vassell says ever since white settlers took over the island in 1860, they've been fighting to get it back. We have people had always intended to go back to the island. Like, I don't think there was ever a generation in which that wasn't happening. The tribe managed to raise money through bake sales and concerts to buy back a small slice of the island, just one and a half acres, in the early 2000s. But when they finally set foot on it again, they saw a toxic wasteland. There was just vats of, like, unknown chemicals that were slowly rusting. Michelle says there was even an entire seawall made of old marine boat batteries. If you can imagine, like, every day the tide's coming in, it's washing across the batteries, and then it's going back out, and that's all contaminating our local bay. This is the part of land back that's easy to miss. What we see in a lot of the cases of land return is that people are returned lands that they have to restore and that they have to sort of bring up to compliance with current environmental laws and policies. Kutcha Risling-Baldi is the department chair of Native American Studies at Cal Poly Humboldt and has worked on land back projects across the state. Oftentimes they are lands that also need a lot of like rebuilding from things that have happened throughout colonization. 
She and other landback advocates and legal experts say a lot of indigenous groups who successfully get land back these days are also burdened with having to clean it up. But Michelle Vassell says even if it's contaminated, the land has inherent value. It's sacred. You know, we fully knew purchasing that 1.5 acres that that was an environmental disaster site. And um, I don't think we really um, cared at that time. From a Native perspective, it is forever. The concept of time isn't so restricted to a one, two, three, four-year project. It was until it's done, until the island is back to health. And that's what they set out to do. But cleaning up the land wasn't the only obstacle the Wiat tribe faced in their continued effort to get their sacred island, Tolawat, back. You can hear more of Izzy Bloom's story on the history of land back on Tolawat Island on this week's California Report magazine. Tune in on your public radio station or download the magazine's podcast. And that's the California Report for Friday, November 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Christopher Beale, Jim Bennett, Catherine Monahan, Brian Douglas, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Bijan Siavoshi, Izzy Bloom, and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.